Hey there, online family. Thanks so much for tuning into the Refuge Official Podcast today. We believe that the message you're about to hear is a powerful one. We believe that the Lord is ready and willing to do a great work. And we believe that through this message, you'll hear from Him today. So please enjoy. Well, why don't we just start this morning with a word of prayer? Um, if we just all bow your Dear Jesus, we just come before you today, Father God. We are... We are humble and we are expectant for what you have for this service. Father, I just thank you that you help us get out of the way so that you can have your way today, Father God. Thank you that, that nothing that we say will hinder what your Holy Spirit has. And we just thank you, Father, for your word and that it just comes to pass exactly how you want it to today. Thank you, Jesus, for opening hearts and minds. And we just pray that everything happens how you want it. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. So Pastor Matt brought up his age, and I thought it was fitting. Um, Andy just turned 30, just had a big birthday. But as we were uh, driving on the way here, I was thinking, you know, Jesus started his ministry when he turned 30. So this is, this is only the beginning for Andy. But I know sometimes 30, you know, getting older can seem like not the greatest, but there is hope. So um, Thanks. Yes, thank you. Yeah. <laughs> So, and I can only say that because I'm way younger, so I have a couple more years to say that. But anyways, um, my name is Michaela. This is Andy, obviously, and we, uh, we're on staff here. We are a part of Refuge Tech Team. Shout out to you guys in the back for Mm -hmm. all that you do, all the buttons they press, you know, to make things flow. But um, we have, we met here at Refuge and we kind of grew up together too. Andy's parents have been going here for 30 some years. And um, so our, our stories have kind of been intertwined through it all. But we have two awesome little boys. I think there's a picture of our family, but um, we have a three-year-old, his name is Crew, and then a two-year-old, his name is Beck. And so we just, we we see our lives so much as it's, Really, our ministry is first to our family, but as a family, we just love to do things together. We love to serve together. Um, the boys are here. This is pretty much like their second home. Yep. They, when, when they're getting ready, usually like in the morning and stuff or just whenever, they're like, oh, we're going to church? Like they get so excited to come to church, which I love because I was like that as a kid too when it came to every every Saturday night when um, my parents would come, they would like prepare their message. My dad would work on his sermon and they would always bring all four of us kids. And we would look forward to it every single week because we could play with all of the toys in the church without, we could just play by ourselves. There was not a teacher. There was nobody telling us what to do. And to us, it was the coolest thing ever. But to them, they're like, oh, we need time to prep our sermon. So <laughs> we're just going to have you guys play. But it was just, it was it was a fun time. It's a good so. time. Yeah, you'll catch us here, you know, Sundays, obviously, probably Tuesdays for prayer. We have our kids with us and everything. And then just throughout the week, obviously, we both kind of, you know, spend time working here. Michaela works here full time, and then I'm here kind of part time. But it's kind of just become our home, and we just love being involved. So it, won't be, it wouldn't be uncommon for you to find us here during the week. Yeah, so today we are going to talk about waiting on a promise, and for the past like six weeks or so, we have had this series called Waiting on a Promise, and 
we've heard a lot of stories and a lot of testimonies of what God has done in people's lives. So for all of those who shared your story, I just want to say thank you because it blessed me so much. I know it probably blessed all of you so much to hear those stories. But today we're also going to talk about waiting on a promise, but we are going to take a little bit of a different approach to it. Um, we're going to take a little turn. It'll be all good, but um, we are going to talk about the promise of the Messiah. And we are coming up to Christmas time. And so we're going to talk about a story in the Bible that I think when it comes to Christmas, we hear a lot about like the shepherds and the angels and like all of the cute stuff, right? But there's a part that I think often gets overlooked, and but there's really a lot of significance in it, and it can teach us a lot of what it means to wait on a promise. That's exactly right. Um, so to kind of give a little bit of a, a start there, we're going to just dive right in and talk about the Bible. And now I know you're all in church, so that means you're probably Bible professionals, but in case you're not or in case you're new... Um, the Bible's broken up into a lot of books, and obviously there's a lot of verses within those books, but the, the Bible also has two parts, which we call the Old Testament and the New Testament. And one of the really cool things about the Old Testament is that there were a lot of prophets and prophecies that come to pass in the New Testament. And so today when we get talking about our main character here, you'll kind of see that, and we'll probably refer to it quite a bit. But it's pretty incredible to see that God used some prophets and he used a lot of people, people that weren't even prophets when he called them, to have a revelation or he revealed something to them that they prophesied about that came to pass later on. And so that's kind of what we're going to be talking about today. Our, uh, our main character, his name is Simeon. And Simeon, he <clears throat> was very involved in his local church, which I believe was probably a temple at the time. Um, but he can, he can really teach us a lot about what it means to be waiting on a promise. And like our series title, that's, that's exactly kind of like the meat of what we're going to get into today. What, what it means to wait, what it means to be faithful, and how he kind of went about that in his own life. So um, in the scriptures that we're going to read, you're going to see a lot of this, but kind of some like foreshadowing, you know, about Simeon in particular. He was incredibly faithful. He was a very like, devout man. He was righteous. You'll actually see the Bible even says he was a righteous man. So if that kind of gives you any indication about who this guy is or, or what he was capable of, you know, with the help of God, that's, that's pretty incredible for the Bible to go to those links. So uh, in the scripture, we'll see that the Holy Spirit actually revealed a promise to him. And that can mean different things to different people, depending on your experience in the word or your relationship with God. In the context of what we're going to talk about today, when the Holy Spirit revealed something to him, that was, that was a promise into his own life. And so the Holy Spirit kind of was talking to him and was like, hey, I don't know if it was audible or not, the Bible doesn't say that, but the scriptures say that the Holy Spirit revealed to him. So that's kind of what we're going to get into today here. So like Andy was saying, there's some books of the Old Testament that kind of uh, foreshadow or prophesy into what's to come. And so um, one of the bigger prophetic books is Isaiah, which if you haven't read the book of Isaiah, it is amazing. And so um, in Isaiah 9, 6, it, it's kind of a prophecy of what's to come. And, and around the Christmas season, you probably have heard this verse a lot, but Isaiah 9, 6 says, for 
to us a child is born, to us a son is given, and the government shall be upon his shoulder, and his name shall be called Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, Prince of Peace. And then another verse in Isaiah is Isaiah 7:14, which says, Therefore the Lord himself will give you a sign. Behold, the virgin shall conceive and bear a son, and shall call his name Emmanuel. And I think the really cool thing just about the whole Bible and about this specifically is that Isaiah was written 700 years before Jesus was born. If you think about that for a minute, like 700 years ago was in the year 1300. And that was a really long time ago, but 700 years had passed and there was this promise of the Messiah. And so the people are like, okay, we're trusting in the promise and waiting on that promise. But a lot of time had passed. And I know, I mean, for us, I think it's hard to be patient. It's hard to wait for pretty much anyone. But 700 years is a really long time to wait on a promise. But God is faithful. Yeah, and that's a big key right there is the faithfulness. So just think about that. Probably not within anyone's lifetime, obviously not within Isaiah's lifetime. You know, 700 years is a, is a considerable amount of time to wait and to be faithful about waiting and to be waiting and waiting and some more waiting, really. And the significance there is that um, you'll see in the scripture is that we don't really know the time period that Simeon waited for this particular promise to be fulfilled, but it doesn't matter. There wasn't any indication that he became doubtful or that he gave up. He was really faithful in waiting, and he was, he was devout about that. When the Holy Spirit revealed to him, there was no question after that. So actually, in the scripture that we're going to read, you'll see Simeon was devout and righteous. He was waiting in Jerusalem for that promise to be fulfilled. So um, a little bit of a, a context there, some backdrop into his life, is that there was... Um, a lot of oppression going on in that time from the Romans in Jerusalem. And in Simeon's head, his kind of mindset was that he, this had been revealed to him and he knew that the Messiah was coming. The Holy Spirit revealed that he would see the Messiah. And so, I, I mean, like, if you, if you without a shadow of a doubt know that you heard something from God, that right there should give you all the hope that you need, really. And to know that Simeon followed through with that and he was faithful and he didn't become doubtful, like that's just kind of a testimony in and of itself right there. So he knew that, that the Messiah coming meant the oppression would end or that there would be, you know, potentially some relief coming. And, and obviously that could be a, a huge point of hope as well. So today's um, key scripture that we're going to read, and this is a little bit bigger passage, so feel free to um, turn there if you'd like. This is Luke 2, 25 through 32. Uh, And we'll be reading the English Standard Version today. Now there was a man in Jerusalem whose name was Simeon. And this man was righteous and devout, waiting for the consolation of Israel. And the Holy Spirit was upon him. And it had been revealed to him by the Holy Spirit that he would not see death before he had seen the Lord's Christ. And he came in the Spirit into the temple. And when the parents brought in the child Jesus... To do for him according to the custom of the law, he took him up in his arms and blessed God and said, Lord, now you are letting your servant depart in peace according to your word. For my eyes have seen your salvation that you have prepared in the presence of all peoples, a light for revelation to the Gentiles 
and for glory to your people, Israel. It's a pretty big passage, but there's also a lot to unpack there. So a couple things that we see, uh, one of the first things we see is that he was waiting for the consolation of Israel. So that's one part that I briefly mentioned, but what that meant was relief was coming. The oppression from the Romans was obviously very heavy at that time in Jerusalem, and relief was promised, relief was coming, and that was revealed to Simeon specifically. And maybe God, maybe the Holy Spirit revealed it to some other people as well, but we see in passage here in Scripture that the Lord, uh, the Holy Spirit revealed to him um, that there would be a Messiah, and that really is what consolation means, that there would be some relief, that there would be some change coming. And so that's one of the first parts that we see in that passage. Um, The second part, if you're just not maybe as familiar with um, the people of that time, the Gentiles that we hear about in that scripture are non-Jews. And basically um, what that meant is that the Messiah, he would come and he would be a light for the unbelievers at that time. So that's another kind of promise that we see unpacked there. And then lastly, obviously, that consolation, again, just being a comfort for the people of Israel. So really when we look at that passage, there's a lot of promises, there's a lot of hope given. And so it's, it's pretty significant when we see that, you know, the Holy Spirit revealed something to Simeon, but it really, it came with a lot. There was a lot to unpack. And a lot of times that the work, the leading up to it, the, it's, it's more of the unglamorous part of things because when, when you feel like God has given you a promise, when you are holding on to hope, we don't always know the timing. It's most of the time, pretty much all of the time, uh, we don't get like a laid out timeline of when things are going to happen. And so it's, there's a lot of trust and there's a lot of hope. And a lot of times that can be discouraging when you are trusting and believing God for something and you know that he's going to fulfill it. But there is waiting and there's work that's involved with that. But the thing about Simeon is he didn't question it. He was like, I'm going to stand strong, I'm going to stand in faith, and I'm not going to question whether or not this is going to happen. He was so full of faith that he knew that it was going to happen. And so um, I, I often wonder, too, if people around him might have thought he was a little crazy, like this guy who is, like, so full of faith, like, I'm going to see the Messiah. Like, imagine if somebody was just, like, walking around saying that, like, oh, I'm going to see the Messiah before I die. And people were probably like, okay, Simeon, like, <laughs> we'll just let you believe Chill, that. bro, you know. <laughs> but I'm sure it made even, you know, friendships or relationships or having a job, anything difficult because Simeon was so hopeful. He was so in faith. He probably, you know, even as we were talking, he probably had to be at the temple every single day. He didn't know when the prophecy would be fulfilled. He didn't know the timing of it all. So, I mean, imagine if he would have gone out to lunch with a friend and missed when Mary and Joseph brought Jesus into the temple. Like, all of those little details that I think sometimes we look at the details and that's maybe not as significant, but in this story, that is what led up to that amazing moment where he was able to hold the Messiah in his hands. Yeah, that's pretty amazing. Like Michaela said, when we just talk about timing there for a second, there's no warning. There was no heads up. You, maybe you went to lunch or something, you know, and, and he could have missed out on that opportunity at that time. And so really, I, I think about, you know, just an example in, in my own life. I know some people that are, are so consistent at something. 
And it's almost annoying watching them because you're like, like, why don't you just, like, take a break? Like, why don't you, you know, uh, sit down for 10 minutes and, like, not worry about this thing? But that's really what Simeon was, is he was completely consistent, he was faithful, and he never gave up for that promise that was revealed to him. So um, something else that is, is pretty significant is that when you feel God speaking to you, it's important to hold on to that as hope and as a promise. And it could be something little, it could be something bigger, but holding on to that and trusting in God's word, a good way to do that when you think that you've heard something from the Lord is just to keep renewing his mind, or renewing your mind, I'm sorry. The big thing that happens there is that when the Holy Spirit speaks to you or God reveals something to you, the devil knows that. And that's an opportunity that he'll try to take to come in and try to lead you astray. You'll start hearing lies. You'll have people maybe distract you in your life. Something will you know, pop up on social media that may take your attention away or try to take your attention away. But that's why we say if that happens and you feel like you've heard something from the Lord, there's a promise there that you need to be faithful about. Renewing your mind and kind of staying in the word is one of the best ways to see that promise fulfilled. Which, um, which is pretty incredible, right? Because that's, that's basically what we saw Simeon do here. So I think the big question is how? Like, how do you hear from the Holy Spirit? And, you know, when we're talking about, like, hearing from God and, like, all of that that comes with that, I, I mean, I often ask, like, okay, well, how? How, you know, we hear about these things on Sunday morning, but how do we really apply that in our lives? And I think for every person it's different. The answer isn't straightforward because God speaks to people differently. And I think even, like, if you've heard of, like, the love languages, tests and quiz and all that stuff, or how you give love and how you receive love, for everyone it's different. But I also think it's kind of the same when it comes to God and how he speaks to people because everybody has different ways of receiving. Everyone has different ways of learning about things. And God loves us uniquely. There's way too many of us on the earth for him to love us all the same. So he loves us all uniquely and differently the way that he created us. And so I think for me personally, when it comes to like hearing from God or hearing from the Holy Spirit, I have never heard the audible voice of God. And I think maybe a lot of people are in that boat. I don't know. But um I have never actually, like, heard God's voice. I know Pastor Matt has. He has some really cool stories about that. But um, for me, how I hear from the Holy Spirit is really just through that inward peace and that inward knowing. And I am kind of a practical person. I, um, I like to, like, when I feel like God is speaking to me, I like to have confirmation through, like, actual visual signs versus just like in my head because then I don't know, is it just me or is it, is it actually something that God is speaking to me? And so there was a time in my life when I went away to Bible school. I went for, um, for a year and I was coming to kind of the end of my year and every, it was kind of the big question, like, do I stay for another year? Because the school that I went to did have an option for a second year. Or do I move back home? Do I um, start school? And do I start working on my education and getting plugged in at church? And the school that I was going to was 13 hours away. So it was, I was away from home and from family and stuff. And so um, I was just going back and forth in my head. I actually had an internship lined up um, in... Oklahoma, which is where I was going to school, and 
I was kind of having to decide, like, what do I want to do next? And I was going back and forth, and I just decided, since, like, I'm a practical person, I decided to take two days, and one of the days, I woke up in the morning, and from the time I woke up, I had it in my mindset that I was going to go with plan A, which was, um, which was staying in school at Bible college for another year, um, learning and growing and going through all of that stuff, um, being away from family. And then the second option, like option B, was moving back home. And um, so I took two days. One of the days I woke up with option A in my mind. That And so the whole entire day, I was praying about that specific option. I was um, I was like, my thought process, everything was like, okay, where am I going to live next year? Like thinking about all of those things as if that's the option I picked. And then the next day, I did the same thing for option B. And um, after those two days, I really prayed and, and really asked God what he had for me. And the day that I felt the most peace out of those two days was on day two with option B. And I remember the whole day, like I woke up in the morning and I, I just felt, it just felt different. I had so much peace. And from then I knew, I'm like, I need to move back home, get plugged in at church. And, and then, you know, looking back, that's the option I chose. But even looking back, like that's where Andy and I reconnected and, and all of those things that happened, which I think that could have happened still if I would have gone away or if I would have stayed another year in Bible school. But I, I just think the timing of it all um, just worked out perfectly. But if you're practical like that and if you are like going back and forth between two decisions, if, I mean, it worked for me. So if that is something that would work for you, I think sometimes we like over-spiritualize things or make things way too complicated than it needs to be, but really, um, it's just between option A or option B, and sometimes it just takes, like, living out what it would look like as either of those options and just seeing what finds the most peace. Yeah, that's really good. I think something else for people to remember and to also consider is that when God created us, he gave us a free will, right? And so that gives us the ability to make informed decisions. And hopefully the way that you're informing those decisions is by renewing your mind and doing some of those other things that we talked about. But that free will means that even if Michaela would have picked option A, it doesn't mean that stuff later in her life wouldn't have happened the way that it did, but it might have just adjusted the timing a little bit. And we see examples of that in scripture, which we probably don't have time to get to today, but there are some pretty neat examples of, you know, um, I probably shouldn't get into all of it, but um, when people, maybe like a, um, a particular prophet, you know, didn't listen to the Lord and um, was supposed to go minister in Nineveh, and he didn't, but then the Lord still kind of like was like, hey, you really need to go, you know, so he got eaten by a big whale. That, that'll happen, you Sounds know. Sounds crazy, but. Uh, hopefully that doesn't happen to you, but <laughs> it is a possibility, you know. Um, one really cool thing is that uh, we see in the scripture, when the Holy Spirit revealed to Simeon that he wouldn't die until he saw Jesus, he really took that to heart. And I just think that that's pretty incredible because the scripture doesn't have quotations there. It doesn't say, and the Lord said to Simeon. You know, like we, we don't know for a fact that it was audible. It could have just been exactly like Michaela said. Maybe it was just a piece. It was a knowing. But that looks a little bit differently for everybody. So uh, one, one example that I have in my personal life when something that I heard from the Lord 
um, was actually on uh, a missions trip to Costa Rica. This is kind of part of the story of how, um, how I started pursuing Michaela. But uh, we were in worship one morning, and it was like a group setting. So there was, I don't know, maybe 20 or 25 people in the room. I was worshiping. I had my eyes closed, and I was at the back of the room. And I just felt like this knowing in my spirit. I wasn't thinking about Michaela. I wasn't looking at her at the time. But I just, I felt like my head kind of come up, my eyes open, and I just really felt strongly like I was supposed to marry Michaela. At the time, I mean, we were barely talking. We were on this trip together. So it wasn't like I was romantically interested in her. I wasn't, you know, pursuing her actively in that moment. But it was just like the most peace I've ever had about a situation or about a decision in my life. And at, and at that moment, it wasn't even really a decision but I just felt so strongly, I actually felt so strongly that I was going to marry her that I went and I told Pastor Matt, which uh, Michaela is Pastor Matt's daughter. So that was, a, a, you know, in hindsight, probably not the greatest thing to do, like, at that moment. Um, but Pastor Matt was full of wisdom, and he was like, hey, let's just, like, hang on to that for a little bit and, like, not say anything, you know. Um, I... I normally would leave this detail out because it just makes the situation even a little bit more interesting. But at the time, I was 19 and Michaela was 14. So, you know, that, that might have played a little bit into that wisdom there as well. So thank you so much for that. Uh, but back to the message here. Now everyone thinks you're just a right, creep. Right, yeah, I know. We are much older than that now, so it's, it's fine. We didn't actually start dating till I was, I think, 20 and he was And that's, that's totally 24. for another time, you know. But in that moment... <laughs> No, in that moment, um, just because I heard that from the Lord, you know, uh, a good example of, of how God still uses that is really I wasn't faithful to that promise. And when we came back, I kind of quickly actually lost sight of that, that I had, that that had been revealed to me. And I started to live out my life in some other ways. And I didn't pursue Michaela for a, quite a few years, actually. And so when that finally came full circle, I saw that promise fulfilled, and that's a, that's a huge testimony in my life. But it's a, it's a great point, too, because it's a good example of how even if you don't listen, there's still opportunity for you. There's still possibility when you kind of come back to what God has for you. So um, in, our, in our story here, Simeon, he taught us a lot of things, really. And one of the first things that he taught us was just hearing from the Holy Spirit, right? The Holy Spirit is is different to everybody. It's that still small voice. It's that inward peace. It's that knowing. Um, so that's kind of the first takeaway that we see there. Another thing that we see is just timing. When the Holy Spirit revealed this to Simeon, he didn't put a date on it. He didn't put a countdown. He didn't pull out his iPhone and start a timer for when this was going to happen, you know. Um, but he just was faithful, and he just listened to what the Holy Spirit said, and he lived his life as a testimony to that promise that he was waiting and being faithful for that. So I think that's pretty incredible. The next thing that we see is just a follow-through, right? In his life, everything that he did, every decision that he made, led up to that exact moment when Mary and Joseph brought Jesus into the temple. And like we said, look at that timing. Like, he didn't, he didn't miss that. He was there for it. And that in itself is a testimony to his faithfulness. So uh, we probably could end the story here, but there's a whole other part to the story that I think is so significant. And so um, as we read on a little bit more about Simeon in Luke 2, 33 through 35, 
It says, Jesus' parents were amazed at what was being said about him. Then Simeon blessed them, and he said to Mary, the baby's mother, this child is destined to cause many in Israel to fall and many others to rise. He has been sent as a, as a sign from God, but many will oppose him. As a result, the deepest thoughts of many hearts will be revealed, and a sword will pierce your very soul. So... Um, as like a new parent, I think of Mary, she's like a new mom, probably like freshly postpartum, just had a baby. And then some, some guy like comes and blesses this baby. But then he says, this baby is going to be bring opposition and like all of these things. And I mean, as a parent, if somebody said that about my kid, I would be like, oh boy, like that's not the most encouraging thing to hear when you have a brand new baby. Um, but I think of even, even just that where it says a sword will pierce your very soul. And I think of Mary and I think of her even throughout all of Jesus's life standing beside her son all the way until his death and um, really watching her son die. Like that was a sword that pierced her soul. I mean, for any parent to lose a child is probably the worst thing that could happen to you. And Mary lived that out, and she saw her son not just even die, but die unjustly. And so I, I wonder if she was reminded of Simeon's words when she saw her son dying on a cross. I wonder if that was brought back to her to, to remind her that, that, yeah, I mean, he, Jesus brought opposition, and, but it was all for good, and it was all for the big picture and the whole story where it all comes, it just all comes full circle. Simeon's prophecy was actually fulfilled in the book of Matthew. So we're going to read just two quick scriptures there as well. Matthew ten thirty four says, don't imagine that I came to bring peace to the earth. And this is Jesus speaking in this moment. He actually says, I came not to bring peace, but to bring a sword. There's a lot of significance in that and what that means because when Jesus came and he started his ministry, that was actually a huge point of opposition, you know, with the Pharisees and with some people that tried to really rise up against him because he was such a uh, divisive factor at that time, right? He came preaching a message that a lot of people weren't ready to hear at that moment. Um, the next scripture is Matthew 10, 37 through 38, so just a bit further there. If you love your father or mother more than you love me, you are not worthy of being mine. Or if you love your son or your daughter more than me, you are not worthy of being mine. If you refuse to take up your cross and follow me, you are not worthy of being mine. So really, you know, we've said this a couple times, but that kind of brings the story full circle here because Simeon really gave up everything to see that promise fulfilled in his life. He gave up everything to be faithful and I think the point, and I even mentioned this when we had our little team rally this morning, a lot of people think that waiting for a promise might mean that you literally just sit there and wait, right? It's going to happen, something's going to happen. And that might be true for some people, but a, a, a really key thing that we want to drive home here today is that a lot of times waiting on a promise means that you have to do some work. And that work in Simeon's life, in this example, meant that he had to be faithful, he had to be committed, he had to be consistent he was a devout, righteous man. That's quite the, the, you know, the checkoff list there for all the things that he had to be in order for this promise to be fulfilled. And just to think, if he missed a day, you know, what would that have meant? And not that it wouldn't have happened, but 
that could have impacted the timing, right? It might have, might have done some stuff there. So we know that um, it was prophesied that Jesus would bring some division, right? There was some opposition there when he came because of his ministry. And that would mean that a lot of people would either follow him or potentially reject him. So when Jesus tells us to take up our cross and follow him, what that really means is to surrender everything, be faithful, and to follow him. You know, live out your life according to the scriptures, renew your mind like we talked about, all those ways that you can see a promise fulfilled from start to finish. Yeah, we're going to invite the worship team to come on up. But I think something that Simeon, this whole story can teach us is Simeon is a living example of what it means to take up your cross and follow Jesus because he didn't know what the cost would be. He didn't know what it would look like, but he knew what the promise was, so he trusted and he believed. And I even think realistically, he didn't know the exact timing. It does say uh, in the scripture that we read earlier that he was led by the Spirit to the temple. So that could have just meant, you know, he felt in his heart like, okay, it's time. Go to the temple. And Or God could have spoken to him like, Simeon, your time is now. But... Um, so, you know, even as I said, like, he probably didn't have a lot of time for relationships or a job or anything else because it was really all-consuming because he was just waiting for, it's like waiting for a phone call or, you know, waiting, waiting to hear from God. And, um, but he counted the cost and it was worth it because he was able to see Jesus face to face. Just imagine spending your entire life uh, waiting to lay eyes on someone, and that someone was Jesus. And um, I just think it's amazing, too, that Jesus could have come as anyone. He could have come as, you know, he was the Messiah. He was the Savior. That's what, that's what was prophesied about him. And he could have come as, you know, when you think Savior, Messiah, you think like superhero. You think like a guy riding in on a horse ready to save the day. At least that's what I think <clears throat> when I think of a Savior, but he came as a baby, and, and you know, babies are, they're innocent, and, and they they've, haven't done anything wrong, maybe besides, like, having one too many poopy diapers, but uh, they don't do anything wrong, and, but I think when it comes to being a baby, Jesus coming as a baby, babies bring joy, and they make you feel all warm and you know you can't look at a baby and not feel some type of joy in your heart but I think that was a way even throughout the whole Bible that was a way that Jesus and that God proved that Jesus was one of us he was a man he related to us because he came as a baby because babies make you feel joyful and babies are amazing and um and I just think there's significance in the innocence of that. So I think if you're here today and you're thinking to yourself, well, I haven't like heard a promise or I don't know what to do to hear a promise or maybe you don't really think that there's even a promise for you, I would first of all say that God has a plan and a purpose for your life, absolutely. And just because you haven't maybe heard anything yet doesn't mean that there's not anything. I would actually go so far as to say I guarantee that there's something. There's a reason that you're here. There's a purpose for your life, and God has a plan for that. And so I think um, just to be faithful in your thoughts, be faithful in your actions to that. Be faithful to yourself and, and remembering that there's a plan and a purpose for your life, 
But sometimes remember that it is a process and it does require some work on your end. And that work can look a lot differently to, to other people or even to yourself. But uh, in our lives, you know, personally, we've seen that. We've seen that promise fulfilled. We've seen some things happen that required some work from both of us. So even as you're here today and sitting and thinking, you know, what could I do? How, how do I get something revealed to me? I would say that that's a great question to start with, honestly. Just in your prayer time with the Lord, just ask, God, reveal something to me. Reveal a promise to me. Show me what you have for my life. And that's just a great way to start, honestly, because the Lord will start speaking to you as you're renewing your mind and you're spending time with him in the word. There's, there's nothing that can't happen out of that time together. So it's also possible that you're sitting here and, and maybe there's already been a promise fulfilled in your life. You know, We both kind of mentioned some examples personally. And that's an awesome opportunity because you can take that and help someone walk through living out a promise in their life too. You can be that testimony that someone else might need to get that faith to be able to stand strong for their promise. That's a big deal. So just because maybe you think that God's done with me because I got a promise fulfilled, that's definitely not true. You're there for someone else. You're still here for a reason and there is a purpose and a plan for that. So just keep that in mind as you're as you're going through every day thinking about that. I think another thing to just keep in mind is that, you know, maybe you haven't had that opportunity to kind of have that revelation yet, but we have a really cool opportunity right now to just take that moment. And so what I'm gonna do is I'm gonna do a prayer today, and we're just gonna pray that the Lord would reveal something to each and every one of you. And maybe it's not gonna be something new. Maybe for some of you it's gonna reveal, it's gonna be a confirmation of something that you already think. And so I think today, if we could just have every head bowed, every eye closed, I'm just gonna say this prayer and I just want you to kinda, in your own heart, in your own mind, just think about what this means to you because like we said, it is different for everybody. The Holy Spirit has ways of working and moving in everyone's life. So if you would just think about these words. Just pray in your own words as I, as I say this prayer today. Father God, we just thank you for everything that you've done here for us today. Father God, for your Holy Spirit to be moving in each and every one of our hearts and minds. Father God, I just thank you that we set aside all selfish tendencies in this moment, Father. I just thank you that we set aside everything that may be blocking us from having exactly what you have for us. Thank you, Jesus, that you help us to remain faithful. I pray, Father God, that you help each and every person here to just have exactly what you have for them, Father God. You've given us a free will, and there's a reason that we're all here today, Jesus. Thank you for keeping us attentive to your word, for renewing our minds and everything that we do. In Jesus' name, amen. And while your eyes are still closed and your heads are bowed, I just want to take this moment to tell you that there's more for you. For every person in this room right now, you may think that <clears throat> you may think that you've seen promises fulfilled, but I can tell you that God's not done with you yet. And maybe this all kind of seems like gibberish because maybe you don't have a relationship with God in this moment, but that's something that we can have here today. So if I could just have you keep your heads bowed. If there's anybody in this room right now that doesn't have that relationship with Jesus, that's a great starting point. If that's you today and that kind of resonates within you, I just want you to raise your hand. Maybe there's, there's someone here that just thinks that 
they need that revelation, that they want that revelation. If you just raise your hand right now, we're gonna say another quick prayer to get you that relationship with Jesus Christ today. Thank you, Father. Father God, I just thank you for all the hands that were raised today, Jesus. I thank you for leading and guiding each one of us for the plan that you have for our life. Father God, I just thank you that that you reveal to each and every one of us that plan that you have. And if you raise your hand today, just repeat these words after me. Father God, I thank you that you came into our lives, that you came into this world as an innocent baby. I thank you that you are our savior. I thank you that you are my Lord. Father, I know that I have sinned and I am ready to start new living for you. Thank you, Jesus, for what you've done in my life. If you said that prayer, that's a big deal. That's the first step to potentially hearing something new from the Lord, to hearing a direction for your life could mean a lot of things. And we're going to have the prayer team up here today. And if you prayed that prayer, just come see someone. Come meet with someone up here and, and have that moment where you guys can kind of talk about what those next steps are and what that means. That's a really big deal. And we're just so thankful that you were here to hear that today. Yeah, if you guys want to go ahead and stand to your feet, we are going to close out in a moment of worship. But before we do, I want to pray for those of you who are in a season of waiting and you feel like you're pressing in and you're believing God, but your breakthrough hasn't come yet. So I wanna pray for you guys this morning because I know that that season of waiting can sometimes feel a little bit lonely, and so, but there's hope. So Heavenly Father, I just thank you for everyone here this morning. I thank you for those who are waiting, who are waiting for a promise, who are holding on to hope and expectation. I thank you so much that that you would reveal your promise to them, that, that you would strengthen them even as things get hard, as they get weary, that you would come up alongside of them, that you would lift them up and that you would be their source of hope, that you would be their source of joy and everything else that they need in life, that they would find that in you. I thank you that their breakthrough is coming and that you are gonna do so many amazing things in their lives. In Jesus' name, amen. Thank you so much for tuning into the Refuge Official Podcast today. We hope that this message spoke to you in a very meaningful way and that you were able to connect with the Lord. And hey, if you made a decision to make Jesus Christ your Lord and Savior today, we are first and foremost just so happy for you and we would love to get connected with you. So if you want to find some more of our content and find out how to get connected with us, feel free to check out our website at wearerefuge.net. Be blessed and have an amazing rest of your day. Thank you.